When you show up and pray, you are opening your mouth. You're speaking for those that don't have a voice. And that's what we're called to do as the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, those that seek to save their life will lose it. But those that lose their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, they will find it. Church, now is the time for us to lose our lives for the sake of those who need our voice. we got to lay our lives down. we got to give up a Saturday. we got to give up a day of the week for the sake of those that don't have a voice. I just want you to understand that you are part of making history today. And what happens in the city of Charlotte can literally spread around the country. Jesus said to us, to you and to me, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. When I go into a dark room, I don't curse the darkness. I say, where is the light? Let your light shine. Friends, let's make history today in Charlotte. This is our city. This is our generation. These are our children. This is not the end. This is just the beginning, church. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. Hands together. Put your hands together. What God is doing in our city. You guys, you saw that it said 800. We're now at over 1,100 moms and dads that have chosen life in the past two and a half years. Come on. 1,100. We're now, we're now seeing a uh, abortion t- uh, being reduced to 70%. Re- abortions are down when we're praying and fasting on Wednesdays and when we're there for the prayer walk on Saturdays. Numbers do matter. We're noticing when more people are out there praying and worshiping and interceding, more moms are choosing life. And so um, I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you to come with us. You guys are officially adopting week 28 out of our 40-week journey. So Pastor Alex and Liz, thank you for caring. Thank you for hearing the cries of these babies. Thank you so much for being willing. And not only that, but we are going to be having our very first Hispanics for Life prayer walk. And we've got 14 other Hispanic churches that are all going to be there this Saturday. Come on. So you guys are joining in with the Hispanics. So the whole uh, prayer walk is going to be translated in Spanish. But Pastor Alex is going to be there speaking. Pastor Michael is going to be there. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, people don't, uh, what, check this out. So yesterday we had our very first Black Americans for Life prayer walk. People don't realize this, but the, over 70% of people that are having abortions are African American. And so the African American pastors have ra- ra- raised up and said, we, we got to do something. We can't allow this to happen in our city. These are our moms. These are our babies. So 225 of them all came to worship and to pray. We we're not protesting. We're not yelling. We're interceding. And praying, we're going to the darkest place in our city to pray. And so yesterday we were there, and I look over and I see this lady just hysterically crying. And I asked, hey, what's going on with her? They told me that she saw her friend that goes to church with her um, drive up to go get an abortion. And she just started bawling, crying. So she gets on the phone and calls her. She starts talking to her, saying, you don't have to do this. We're here with you. We'll love you. We'll help you. We'll walk with you. You don't have to make this decision. The, lo- the last thing that we had heard is that she left the abortion center, and then she was just wait- sitting in the car trying to make the decision. We haven't heard what happened. But she was given the opportunity to think about another option. And most of these moms, all they need to realize is that there's another option, and the option is 
choose life, and the church will wrap its arms around you and love you. We have a mentor program that we're walking with these moms and saying, listen, we'll go with you. We'll walk with you. We'll provide all the needs you need. We'll help you. You don't have to make this, the, the decision of murdering your baby. And so, um, you know, I, I want you guys to know this is, is, is that I travel um, all over the city of Charlotte, Greensboro, and um, I go to Baptist churches, Methodist churches, uh, Pentecostal churches, non-denominational churches, and there is no church like this church. The worship, the presence, the atmosphere of the presence of God is none like I've ever seen, especially here in the city of Charlotte. And there's something about when you guys are worshiping the presence of God is here, and God is healing you and setting you free, and then here's my challenge to you. Now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that? We are couriers and carriers of the presence of God. And, and so what I want to challenge you to do, let's take that presence, the presence of God that is so thick here, and let's go to the darkest place in our city to worship and to pray and watch God do miracles. Come join us. Come join me. Come join Pastor Alex. Come join Pastor Michael. Come, let's do this. Did you know this, that there's 150 to 200 babies that are killed every week in this city. 150 to 200 babies that God has a purpose and a plan. This is a replica of a 12-week-old baby. And this, see, it's not just a blob of tissue. It's a real human being. And God speaks to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, do you know even before conception, even before you were born, I knew you? I set you apart, and I called you to be a prophet to the nations. And so we, we know, according to the word, the word of God, that God has a purpose and a plan for every child. There are no mistakes. And so we have no idea this week, up between Monday through Saturday, 150 to 200 babies are on the verge of death. But when we come and we intercede, we're going to watch God do miracles. So would you join me? So you should see at your seat there, there are, is a commitment card here. Would you get out your commitment card? And if you would like to participate in Adoption Week, here's what we're asking you to do. Would you fill out this card? Give us your first and last name. Would you give us your email address? Because we're going to email you all the information you need, all the prayer points for praying and fasting on Wednesday. We're going to give you the prayer points. So all as a church, you're all fasting and praying on the same prayer points. And then on Thursday, we're going to send you another email, and it's got all the information you need for the prayer walk on Saturday. When you come to the prayer walk, you're going to get a free T-shirt. You're going to get a free wristband. I bring my kids with me all the time. Your kids are invited and welcome to come. Remember, we're not going to be protesting. We're not going to be engaged with anybody at the abortion center. We're going to be praying and worshiping and interceding, standing in the gap so that moms can, their hearts can be soft and they can be given the opportunity to choose life. So would you take the time right now and fill out this card, if you could. I'll give you a couple seconds. If you would like to partner with us and, and adopt a week. So what we all do is we're just going to fill those cards out and we're going to bring them forward. Yep. But I'm going to start since Michael went past his 15-minute worship set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. Fred, Tracy, and Julianne right over here, they wouldn't want to be recognized, but this family right here probably poured into me as much as anybody. Original worship leaders at Seacoast Church where we both grew up. <laughs> we grew up in the Lord, and uh, they have meant uh, uh, just a ton to Liz and I over the years. Julianne, was, she was like this, running around the sanctuary when we were, when we were uh, you've kind of grown up a little bit, just a, just a tad. But we're so well. Let's give them a big applause just for their ministry, what they do. Go ahead and start bringing your cards up. You know, I know you got them filled out. Go ahead and bring them up. We're going to lay them right here. Yeah, just put them right there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I know we, you hear us. Over the last weeks, we've been talking about really our vision. 
as a church, what that looks like. We talked about several things. Brandon preached. I just happened to listen to it yesterday for the first time I was here and caught JP. Uh, but we talked about several things, family over function. We, we want to focus on being a family over the function of ministry. We want it to be a skeleton. You know, we want to have structure, but we just don't want you to see it because we're interested in We had structure this morning, right, Michael? How many songs did we do that was actually on the list? Two. Two. Okay. So, so we do have a plan, a promise, but don't you want to follow Jesus? And hear what he's saying to us and getting us to believe the way he wants us to. So family over function, we, 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 are, uh, we are determined to grow big people and not a big church. We, we, you know, we can be a big church and grow big people. And so we're not going to sacrifice growing big people so that we can have a big church. We're going to focus on big people and we believe that that's going to be attractive to those who are really pursuing the Lord. We think that's seeker sensitive. Just to give you an idea, we think that people who are really seeking God want to be prayed for. Just a thought. So we want to grow big people and not a big church. We want to make sure that we create authentic community because we know that without authenticity and transparency, it's impossible for us to do business with God. You have to be authentic with God. You have to begin to confess in, with some sense of sobriety, your condition so God can actually begin to give you revelation and take you somewhere that he had designed for you before the foundation of the world. And so we want you to make sure that there is an atmosphere at Eastside Church of authentic community. And lastly, which I'm teaching on, I'm glad they saved me one, is biblical alignment in everything. We want to make sure that everything we do is in alignment with the Bible. Now, one of the things that I want you to understand, my heart about that is, so oftentimes there's, there's um, all kinds of ideology about church, uh, and, and we've, we've seen the faith movement, we've seen, you know, a, a high emphasis on grace, we've seen, uh, you know, right now it's love, understanding the love of God, uh, we've, we've seen different emphases emphasis. How do you say that? Emphasy, emphasize. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You see different emphasis on different thought processes, but the Bible is, is collective. It, it is, you, you're supposed to take the whole thing. Because God's grace is God's grace. God's love is God's love. Should you have faith? Oh, absolutely. You should walk in the fullness of faith. And so there's this, there's this thing in Scripture that we have to, with authenticity and sobriety, begin to face. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. We must understand that we are all God's favorite. And that He has an incredible plan for us. That, that He wants good for you. That He is a prosperity God versus a God of failure, right? All those things are true, and we have to understand that about our God, but we also have to understand that we are the whore in Haggai, I mean in uh, Hosea. What does that mean? That means we drift. That means that our hearts are are, are, are subject to chase after something other than God or an ideology. And so we have to make sure that we just don't think we're God's favorite all the time. We also have to know that our hearts drift. And we've got to be sober-minded about our condition so that God can actually bring us into a place of prosperity. <laughs> right? If you're not willing to actually see yourself as you are, you can't prosper because God has to deal with that first so you can prosper. So it's the whole counsel of God, and we want to make sure that we, uh, that we teach the attitude in Scripture. In other words, Scripture is written, and there are some incredible promises that are in the Scripture, but it was also written with an attitude. In other words... 
I used to have people all the time when I was in the business world who wanted to be successful. I used to be in the insurance business. I was a manager in the insurance business, and I hired a lot of agents. That's what I did for a living. And everybody that, 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 I, that came to work wanted to be successful. Nobody came in the door and was hired thinking, I really want to work at failing at this. You know, I don't, I don't really want this thing to work. They came in and, they, and they, they, they wanted success. But the truth of the matter is those who found success were only the ones who did what they needed to do to be successful. It was the ones who responded the way that they should. In other words, most of them had to do what other people aren't willing to do. And the same thing is true with our faith. When, when we, 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 did we sing about courageous this service? We did sing about good because I could talk about it now. We, you know, we sang the song, God, give me courage. Well, let me just let me give you the attitude of that. You see, when God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous, he says, I want you to be strong and courageous. Now, Joshua, you be strong and courageous. Joshua did not turn to the Lord and go, Lord, give me courage. Give me courage. He, he, didn't, he didn't even pray that prayer. What happened was he, he was in the presence of God. He, he loved the Lord. He was called to the mission of God. And in the mission of God, the, the word of the Lord came to Joshua, and it was, be strong and courageous. And Joshua said, I don't know if I can be strong and courageous. And the word came again, be strong and courageous. And Joshua's still thinking, is he talking to me? He want, does he not know who I am? Does he want me to be strong and courageous? Yes, Joshua, you be strong and courageous. And so what made Joshua be able to be strong and courageous was he was positive. He had identified the voice of God in his life, and he trusted God enough to actually be strong and courageous. See, oftentimes we want to reap the results of kingdom, but we aren't willing to do what it takes to succeed. And that is respond to biblical truth. You with me? And so we're committed not only to give you the attitude in which the scripture was written, but also to give it to you in its fullness and not in part. And we ain't scared because we believe that God is able to do such miraculous things with a congregation, a family of God, that will actually do that, that he's just going to show off. His glory is going to come, and he's going to make us all look good. Right? And so we're committed to authentic biblical stuff. I'm going to read them real quick. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Let me give you a couple of things about the condition of the church. It's always been this way. It will most likely tend to be this way to the day Jesus comes back. But here we have Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. This is from the English Standard Version. It is about the church in Sardis. And it says this. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write this, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. That's, that's Jesus. It's in red. And he says this, I, I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Now, if there's any church in Revelation that is speaking to this culture's church, it's this very thing. And that is that there are a lot of churches spending a lot of money trying to market their brand so that they can be thought of as alive and they're really dead. And how do you know they're dead? Well, there's, how do you know a church is dead when they stop being correctable by the Word of God? In other words, when it just makes them feel good, when they're always talking about things that's going to be positive instead of bringing correction. The Word of God was sent to correct us, to help us change into the image of Jesus. If you don't like change, you need to renounce Christ. 
You say, what? You do, because that's why he died. So you can be transformed into the image of God. You could be like him. And if you're going to be like God, you might have some things about you that need to change. I don't know. I might have things about me. How do you know whether a church is not alive if their leadership, including the pastor, isn't being transformed in front of your eyes? It is the absence of authenticity and transformation by adopting biblical values that makes a church alive, starting from the head, going through the leadership, all the way through the body. And so we're committed to that biblical alignment. We, we don't want a reputation of being alive. We want a reputation of being transformed. If you go to that place, you're going to get whacked. You're going to be transformed. And he goes on and says, wake up and strengthen what's left that's about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of the Lord. Say complete. Everybody needs work. That's all it's saying. He's not bringing condemnation. What he's saying is where you find yourself, even though you've drifted to a place that you're almost dead, almost everything about you is dead spiritually, where you find yourself, wake up before it's gone. So there's something to work with. And you can go on and read the rest of that later. And we're going to flip to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. It's a similar story. Now, the reason I want to read this story is when I came back from the Keys fishing, which was an amazing time, and I sat here Sunday in, in the back back there and just had a great time of worship and listened to the church be the church without any influence from me, and it was an amazing day. <clears throat> but when I came back, I really felt in my heart that there were way too many of us that, that still needed milk and 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 needed to get to the place where they could begin to eat meat. And, and I felt that strong in my heart, and that was before, Brad, and I heard your sermon, which was one of your main scripture points in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is actually in Hebrews chapter 5 where God says that, and you're going to see some things about that. And, and that is not condemnation because what Jesus said, where you find yourself, start moving forward. In other words, you've got to be like Joshua and start responding Whatever you've got alive spiritually, don't be satisfied with that. Don't let that die out. Begin to fan the flame and actually come alive because God wants something good for you. Now, let's look at Hebrews and what he says in Hebrews chapter 5. He says, about this we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. How does somebody come dull of hearing? They're not authentic. They don't have sober judgment. They, they, they become Hard of hearing when God begins to speak to them through the Word. In other words, when the Word of God comes, we're sitting here thinking about how Aunt Sue really needs to hear this message. Boy, I know so-and-so and so-and-so at work. They really need to hear that. No, 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 no. It starts with you. You need to model that in front of them, and then maybe they'll get it. That's called evangelism. <laughs> All right. Since you are dull at hearing, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Unskilled. God wants you to be skilled in the word of righteousness since, since he was a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You do that by taking in the full word of God and then by beginning to practice it in your own lives. And so we're committed to not shrinking back on you being that and us being a church who models that. You know, one of the things the Lord told me really early if I don't teach you how to worship openly, freely, authentically, and if I don't teach you how to pray 
and communicate with God, I've done absolutely nothing. If I hadn't told you how important the Word of God is to your way of thinking so it can systematically change your way of thinking to align yourself with God, then I've, then I've missed it. Those three things are, are absolutely valuable when it comes to building a church family. He goes on to say, he goes on to say, uh, verse six, verse uh, chapter six, verse one. Therefore, let us have leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Respond. Don't lay the, again a foundation of repentance from dead works. And this is what he's calling elementary. We should live a lifestyle of repentance. It should be who we are. We need to be looking at the Word of God and being transformed by it because we turn to it which is what repentance is, of, of works that aren't like God. And, and, and our faith toward God, we need to believe God. And of the instruction about washings and the laying on of hands as we pray for people, the resurrection of the dead, are you clear on the resurrection of the dead? Do you know and have an idea of why you believe what you believe? And eternal judgment, do you know what that looks like? Do you know how many judgments there are? Do you know what you believe and why you believe and where it is in Scripture that you believe that kind of thing? God says in His Word, that's elementary. <laughs> so, He says, respond. Right? Then it gets tough. For it is impossible. Wait, 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 wait. Resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And this will we will do if God permits. We'll do those things. Respond. And then he says in verse 4, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and the powers of the ages come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm, holding Him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for the, whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns, if the fruit of what they're consuming does not bear the fruit of where that came from, thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near, say the word near, near to being cursed. In other words, you've got a little bit of life. Respond. Because you're near, right? And its end is to be burned. Now, if I just read that and quit, this is why it's interesting and so important to keep reading and take the full counsel of the Word of God. Because he says this in verse 9, hallelujah. Otherwise, I'd feel pretty bad right this second. Though we speak in this way, yet not in your case, Esai. Beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. We have hope for you, believing that you're going to respond to this message. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and your love that you've shown for His name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You see, you can't take a shortcut. There's no way to do something other than the way God commanded it to be done and bear the fruit of that kingdom. And what God did and He established in Acts is the way the church is supposed to be designed. And that is we meet in a structure like this on Sunday morning and then they also met house to house daily. Now, the thing is, we can't meet daily because somebody's got to go to work. And they had things in, in Israel called kibbutzes, which means they, they took everything they have, they put it all together, lumped it all together, and they lived together and did certain jobs, and everything was paid. We, we're not, that's not that's a cult in America, almost. could be. That's not going to happen. But we do have cell phones. We do have texting. We have the ability to communicate every day as we gather in small groups and as we challenge each other, as we're in relationship, an intimate relationship, in a way that can't happen on Sunday morning. And we get in those small groups and we get into the Word of God and we begin to apply the Word of God in our lives and we open ourselves up for 
others to know where we're at and to help us move from that place, all week long we can get a text message from one another and say, hey, you remember when we prayed for you in small group? What's the Lord said? You know, if you got, if you got vision on that, if you got revelation on that. Do, do, hey, I was reading the other day in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 <laughs> about this availability to you that God would actually give you revelation in your circumstance. Man, and I'm praying for that to happen. I, and, and I want you to call me back when he does because I'm believing that he's going to this week. You know, it's just that you can do those kind of things because you're walking together expecting each other to respond to the Word of God. Does that make sense? That's why we're doing small groups. That's why we're doing them. And we've got a group of leaders for the first time, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't feel like that we had people trained or at a place spiritually in, in such a collective degree that we could do small groups that, would, that we could put people up under that it would actually be able to, to lead in such a way that, that that kingdom would begin to come. And now we've got some incredible leaders that I have 100% confidence in being able to do what God tells them to do and help you and help themselves begin to follow Christ in, a, in an incredible way. It's, it's going to be awesome. Because sometimes people just do small groups to do small groups. But we're not going to do small groups to do small groups because that's the cool thing churches are supposed to be doing is small groups without the ability to lead you in the kingdom. <laughs> I'm touching on a lot of sensitive information this morning. But it's the truth. And so, we believe that every person is to pursue the full counsel of Scripture. We want to provide everybody the ability to respond to the love of God that's poured out in His Word and become a meat eater and not just milk. We believe that the only way to succeed is to adhere to God's structure and God's design. And so we're developing small groups. Amen? And so we expect you to get involved. We've got a lobby full of stuff that you probably saw all kind of. Now, I want y'all to look at that clock, baby. I have flat got with it. Y'all say, way to go, Pastor. <laughs> way to make up for the worship leader. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where was it? Oh, it's going to be like a science fair. And so I'm the teacher. And the science fair, the teacher said, now you visit every table. Sometimes you even had to take notes of what was at every table. We're not going to make you do that. We just want you to visit the small group leaders, see what they have to offer. We're going to have to sign up online. There's no sign-up sheets. Uh, if you're too old to know how to go online, we're going to have some, some younger generation folks out there that will help you walk through the online sign-up process. There won't be any fret whatsoever. We can, we, we can get that done. And so check it out and respond. You know, my, my passion, all kidding aside, and my heart for you is that you know the Word of God and that, and that you stand firm on it and that you respond to it over and over and over again in this life there's going to be tribulation. We're going to face it. And you need to know the promises of God for you. You need to understand in relationship the love of God for you. You need to understand that God's grace, His power working in your circumstances can do exceedingly abundantly above everything you've ever prayed for or thought about as far as the vision of victory and success that He wants to bring you. He wants to do all those things in your life. But you're not going to begin to receive the promises in the way that God wants to pour them out on you till you start doing his plan the way he planned it. And that is to value the word of God the way he intended it to be valued when he sent it. And when you do that, 
it will be quick to do exactly what he sent it to do. And the promises of God will be unfolded on your life. And everybody said, Amen, Pastor. Brandon's going to come introduce our small group. Before that, let me get Ken Brown up here real quick. Can you come, Ken Brown? Everybody, this is Ken Brown Karras Bible College is in the house. Real quick, Ken. You know, I sat back there the whole time thinking real quick because, you know, I know we're running out of time. But uh, most of you know who I am. For the ones of you that don't, my name's Ken Brown. I am the director of Karis Bible College. And for the ones of you that do not know, we are coming to Eastside Church for uh, 2018 and 19. I'm going to give you a real brief description. You know, we are a subsidiary or an extension of Andrew Womack Ministries in Colorado. He has 70-plus schools around the world, and we're one of them. This is our seventh year to be in Charlotte, and this year we're going to be here. But you know what? I want to say something. This was not my plan to come here. This was not Alex Barefoot's plan to come here. This was God's plan to come here. You know, every one of us could probably quote Jeremiah 29, 11. We've heard it all of our lives. I know thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts are good and not evil. Thoughts prosper you and give you an expected end. But you know, God has a plan for this church. And the plan for this church is to get the word into the people. I've saw that since day one when I came here. I've seen his heart since day one. What he wants for you is to build you up in the word. Because you're nothing without it. You're just a meaningless thing that said one day I accept Jesus and that's it. And you're probably going to go to heaven. But for you to be effective in the kingdom of God, you've got to have the word. And this is part of it. The connection groups are a big part of it. But you know what? God is speaking to some people to take the next step. Because what Karis Bible College does, it teaches in the unconditional love and grace of God. And the balance of grace and faith. That's what it teaches. I can't sit here and convince you what a great school it is. I could have students to come up here if we had time, and they could tell you, and maybe you would think, but I can tell you what's going to speak to you. It's the same one that speaks to me. It's the Holy Spirit. I don't want you coming to Karis Bible College if the Holy Spirit's not speaking to you. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to take a step, maybe you don't know all about it. See me. I'm going to make it real short. But guys, we start school in September. And I can tell you something. I, this is the seventh year. This is the fastest nine months you'll ever spend in your life. But I can tell you what, it's one of the most fulfilling nine months you'll ever spend in your life. I cannot tell you. And what it is, it's not cares. It's they put the word in you. And it's the word that builds you up. It's the word that gives you the strength. It's the word that makes you kingdom worthy. So, Anyway, time is sensitive. You guys got to get back there, and you've got to talk to these connect groups. Thank you for giving me this time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. All right, Thrive Group leaders, let's do it. Come up. Come up real quick. Listen, y'all, this is going to be short. I'm going to have them make a commitment to you. They're going to look you in the eyes here in a moment. <laughs> going to look you in the eyes. Listen, there's a couple of people I want to recognize as they come up. One, JP. Two, Drew. Incredible job with the banners out there, with what's on the tables, with the design. You guys give them applause. It's a lot of work that went into that. Thank you, thank you. I also want to say thank you to those. Ah, perfect timing. Those who are opening up their homes for, for, for Thrive Groups as well. Thank you, thank you. You guys, can, you guys can recognize them as well. Yeah, recognize them. There you go. Yeah, thank you guys. All right. Are you ready? Look them in the eyes. Repeat after me. I'm going to share about my group in less than a minute. So they have time to sign up for my group. Here we go. I'm Angela Smith. Ephesians 1.3 says you have been given every spiritual gift in Christ Jesus. Do you have a clue what every spiritual gift is that you've been given by Jesus? I know I didn't. We're going to be doing at my house spirit, soul, and body. 
And Thessalonians says you have a spirit, a soul, and a body. Did you know you are one-third Holy Spirit right now? So come to my house and find out more. I'm Paul Marciano. This is my lovely wife, Maureen. Uh, we are doing uh, a small group on marriage. Uh, we're following the uh, Tony Evans DVD series and book, Kingdom Marriage. It's very enriching, and it's very good. Um, just quickly, there are two things that I, that I can just see in this that are really, really important and the main points. One is if you treat your marriage as a covenant with God, then love, fulfillment, satisfaction, and everything else will take care of itself. And the other thing is if you want to be in right relationship in your marriage, then make sure that you're in right relationship with God first. And my wife has a little... So our group, our group will meet on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock um, at our home in Harrisburg. And we look forward to some of you coming and uh, studying the word and um, just challenging each other in our marriages. Thank you. Hello, I'm Ed Price. <clears throat> um, I host the uh, men's group that meets on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. We've been meeting for a while. Um, God says, be strong and courageous. And uh, I extend an invitation to the men to uh, do just that. Join us. Um, sign up. We're doing Conquer Series this uh, series this trip, and it's the new Conquer Series, so it's got a lot of good information, a lot of new and improved. But uh, God says also that we grow through His Word, and we grow through the Holy Spirit's actions in us. So we invite you and welcome you. Sunday nights, 6 p.m. Hey, I'm Stephen Vulo. <clears throat> My wife and I are going to be doing a group on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Uh, we're just going to be taking a look at what the Bible says about prophecy, uh, who, what, where, when, why, how, and get a biblical perspective. So whether you are familiar with even what prophecy is, or if you're on every hot prophet list and emailer that is coming out there from all over the world, whatever it is, there's something to be learned, and we're just going to go in and see what the Bible says about prophecy. Hey, uh, <clears throat> my name is Joe. This is my wife, Christine. Um, along with uh, uh, Justin and Anna, we're going to be doing a, a small group called uh, The Art of Successful Living on uh, Wednesday nights. And uh, my wife can give you all the info. <laughs> uh, well, it's basically a, a class that revolves a lot around what Pastor Alex was saying. Um, we're going we're gonna to taste and see how good the word of the Lord is. Um, we know that, that God has set a banquet for us to consume, and, and it's good and for us, and it's life-giving, and it's healthy, but the devil has also prepared a feast. And so we're going to look through Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and, and we're going to be able to um, recognize when the enemy is speaking and when God is offering us life-sustaining food. Um, so come to our home. Uh, it's right down the road on Wednesdays um, from 7 to 8.30. And I'm Liz, and we'll be doing a ladies' Bible study on Thursday nights here at the church at 7 o'clock. It's a six-week Beth Moore study called The Quest. And um, it's designed to help us encounter a deeper level of intimacy with God through His Word, through prayer, and through journaling. Yeah. I want to come. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, there's two that I'm involved with here at the church, and that is Monday night prayer. There's about 25 that come now, which is amazingly good for a church this size. But we would love for it to double. Uh, we're going to teach how to pray. We're going uh, to pave the way for the whole church and for the community and for this city. We're going to do what he wants. We're interceding for that. We're interceding for the nations. We'd love for you to come to that on Monday night. We'd li like to have, have you know, full worship. It's just a great, great time of prayer. That, it lasts about an hour and 45 minutes. So uh, that's Monday night at 6, 7. Yeah, that one's at 7. Uh, both of them are at 7. The other one is at my house on Wednesday night. Uh, it's about what we believe. Uh, it's actually, that's got a term called apologetics. And I apologize for using that term. But that actually means discovering why you believe what you believe about 24 things that, that we call our statement of faith with the East Side. Anna Strelowski right there is going to, she's really the leader, and I'm just the co-leader, but I have the mic, and so and she's not up here. So anyway, Wednesday night at 7. 
My name is Dennis Clark. This is my wife, Sue. We're going to uh, lead a group. We're going to honor to have Michael and Bethany Wallace uh, co-lead with us. The name of our group will be Building Your Belief System, and my lovely wife's going to give you some details. You ever wondered why you believe what you believe? I know when I was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, I mean, you don't want to do without that. But the difference in my life came when I started to learn the Word of God. And I learned that I needed to put it on the inside because when the world comes to squeeze you, and it will, what's going to come out? So we want to help you believe your or build your belief system. Just like when you take care of your AC system, when you need the cold air, you want it to come out. Well, when you need the Word of God, if you don't have anything in you, nothing's going to come out. So we want to help you build your belief system. Amen. Wednesday nights. Hi, um, my name is Kimberly Lewis. I'm actually the co-leader of Financial Peace University. Uh, Chris Strzelowski's the leader, but he's not here. Um, we're going to meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 at Deb and Eddie Pascone's house, not too far from the church. And um, it's hard for me to remember what I said last time. That was quick. But um, we serve a God, and he named himself Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And there's two lies that I see a lot going on in the world, and one is that um, we live in debt. You just have to be in debt. Just accept it. Just be in debt, which means just accept and roll over and stay in bondage. Um, and that's not the truth, and that's not what God has for you. And two, that money's evil, and it's not. Uh, the love of money is. However, but if God is the God who provides, and he's given us jobs and has monies, why wouldn't we learn how to steward that properly to where he can actually continue to provide for us and steward, be a good steward. So that's what that is. Tuesday night, 6.30, Deb and Eddie Pascone's house. Hi, y'all. I'm the other Kim, Kim Williams. I am doing a singles group. Um, it'll be once a month. Um, we are looking at like 25 and up. Love everybody, mean it. Um, so if you want more information, come talk to me. I will be out in the lobby. I'll be happy to share. We're JP and Ashley. We're doing young adults, uh, and that is characterized from uh, adults 18 to 25. Um, so, so that's that's the gap there. Uh, and we love all of you too. Um, that'll be at our house Sundays at six o'clock. Hi, I'm Beth Allen, and I co-lead with Sue Reed at her home, which is right around the corner from the church. And we are an ongoing ladies group that's been going for about five to six years now. We would love to have you join us. Any age woman that would like to come and join us, we welcome you. Um, our main emphasis is we dig into the Word. We really want to see what the Word has to say on everything. Sometimes it has to do with Pastor Alex's message or whoever else is speaking that day, their message. Sometimes it's topics that come up within group that people have questions about. And so we just really want to see what the Word has to say about it. We uh, pray a lot. We've seen a lot of answered prayers. And um, the name of it, wait for it. You won't forget this. It's called Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Say yes. So we welcome you Sunday nights, every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And we are learning together to just stand on God's promises because we want to be people that host His presence. That's Nicole. Um, I'm Andrew. We're hosting a small group at our house in Unionville, so out in the country. It's only about 20 minutes from here, but uh, you'll see a lot of cornfields and maybe smell some chicken litter on the way. Um, we're co-leading with Robert and Wendy Britt, and if you leave here confused by things that Alex says, we'll try to dig into some of that and <laughs> unpack, unroll, and ask questions. So we meet on uh, Thursday nights at 630. Hi, my name is Julie John, and I'm heading up a woman's group called uh, a Bible study for Psalm 51. We're going to look at what David said to the Lord and pleaded to the Lord to change his heart, to change his mind, to change his thoughts, how he did that, and how, he, how the Lord created a new heart within him, and how he took that new heart out into the community. So I welcome you on Wednesday nights here at Eastside, 630 to 8, I believe it is. Abba is my name. Everyone knows that. And this is my beautiful wife, Yudi. We're going to lead a team. Uh, the theme is about marriage and family. And you know that that is the bedrock of our society. Without that, we doom. <laughs> yes. So, uh, <laughs> he's 
basically it's about building foundations for a godly marriage. It's free marriage and marriage uh, study. So you, you are welcome. If you are like me, that the word says that we should desire that spiritual milk in order for us to grow unto salvation. So please, stop by. It's going to be in our house. And one thing that I can assure you, marriage, you never get a certificate until the day that the Lord calls you home. So we're going to learn together. The most important is to let the Holy Spirit lead, direct, guide, assure, enlighten us in everything God has for us because we want to receive according to Isaiah 61 verse 7, double portion. Amen. Oh, Seth and uh, Nashika are co-leaders. Uh, so thank you. It's going to be in our home 6.30 on Wednesdays. And it's, it's also an ongoing. It's not something that is five weeks, six weeks, but it's going, it's going to be ongoing. Give them a hand, y'all. Okay, they're going to go out and get set up in the lobby and get ready for you guys. You guys can go ahead and stand up. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. <laughs> hey, listen, they just did 16 groups in 12 minutes, so give them another round of applause. That was pretty solid. <laughs> hey, listen, y'all, what you can expect out there is they're going to be there to answer your questions, give you more details about the group. The cards, the cards that you'll receive, they're not group specific. They're generic, but what they have on them is a link where you can go to register for the groups. You ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for speaking to us. God, we set our hearts to respond. Thank you for giving us an incredible opportunity. Father, we commit to steward it well. Let's say that together as we leave. Father, I commit to steward the opportunity well for relationship and growth. In Jesus' name, amen.